Hey, Jen. Want to talk about oral sex tips and techniques? My lips are sealed. Great. Today we're going to pick up where we left off last week and discuss ways to make oral sex more pleasant, especially for the hesitant spouse. Let's do it. Welcome to the Intimate Covenant Podcast, where we believe the Bible and great married sex both belong on your kitchen table. That's right, we're talking about holy, covenant-bound, intimate relationships with hot sex. We're Matt and Jen, founders of Intimate Covenant. We offer biblical teaching and resources to help married couples achieve a fuller relationship and an extraordinary sex life. For more information, visit our website, IntimateCovenant.com. Welcome, friends. Welcome. Happy Monday to you. Oh, it is Monday for all of you listening, isn't it? That's right, which we just got an awesome review. Speaking of Mondays, it says, A great way to get through Mondays, refreshing and refocusing our minds on the covenant of marriage and the relationship God gave us. That is a nice way to get through Mondays. Look at us making Mondays even better. It's too bad we can't record this on Monday and... Think of all the nice ways we could uh, improve our Mondays that That, way, huh? That would be lovely. Another fun review we just got says, So thankful for a Christian perspective that is so relatable and honest and hot. Whoa. Matt and Jen are two of the most down-to-earth and open people love this podcast. Oh my, that's uh, that's very high praise. No one has ever called me relatable before. Has anyone ever called you hot? Um, I can't say that on the air, can I? (laughs) Yes, I'm very glad that we are down to earth. (laughs) Wow, no one has ever said that before. That is, uh, that's really huge. Thank you, whomever that may be. That that's we we love the Apple reviews, but the downside is we can't reply to you directly. That's right. So we like reading them when we can, and just giving you a little. On air time. That's little our shout way of saying out. thanks. Thanks thanks for leaving those reviews. It really does make a difference. We do really appreciate that. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. All right, Matt. So here we are in the middle of an oral sex series. <laughs> Who knew that would be where this podcast goes? I hope this person still thinks that we are down to earth yes. with our oral well, sex series. I'm still wondering how I even talked you into this. Uh, yes, this <laughs> and so many other things. <laughs> so last week, we uh, after realizing that we had no episodes about oral sex. Specifically, we've despite obviously... Despite the number of questions we get about yeah. it all the time, yeah. uh, we decided we needed to to do an episode, which has now turned into two episodes. Perfect. So give me a little tiny wrap-up of last week for those of our listeners who maybe haven't heard that one. Or it's been a long week, so maybe That's you're true. listening to this after <laughs> last week. I mean, it is a Monday, That's maybe. That's right. So for, for those of us with the Mondays, um, uh, where we started was just to um, clarify that oral sex is not biblically prohibited. Mm-hmm. In and of itself, right, and it is probably perfectly acceptable in most circumstances within a covenant marriage. But the specific context and motivations for oral sex have to be very carefully considered before you decide that it's right for your specific relationship. Right. So we spent a good amount of time just kind of dwelling on: is this right for 
you yes. and your marriage. Be- um, because th- there are a multitude of physical, emotional, and spiritual blocks that may prevent someone from wanting to engage in oral sex. Mm-hmm. So we offered some ways to explore whether these blocks are serving you and whether those blocks are perhaps helping your marriage or not. Or not. And we made the point last week, and we'll make it again, that we are certainly not prescribing anything right. for your marriage. We're just here to open up the conversations. Exactly. Exactly. So this week, we want to continue the conversation about oral sex, uh, and we want to turn our attention to include some tips and techniques and considerations uh, to help make oral sex more acceptable, more pleasurable for the hesitant giver or receiver. Right. We're, we're getting practical on this episode. Um, we think these tips would be helpful for the inexperienced and even the experienced. Yeah, maybe you do this a lot and you're good at it. Great. Um, we hope there's maybe something for you here. Uh, and if not, then share your tips and techniques with us. Podcast at IntimateCovenant.com. <laughs> or you may want to go to the anonymous submission. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there, there is an anonymous Personal submission form. Personal friends, do not share your tips and <laughs> techniques with me. <laughs> we, there is an anonymous uh, submission form at our website, IntimateCovenant.com slash podcast. Click on the button that says connect to the podcast, and you'll be able to submit your uh, tips and techniques anonymously. We, or yeah. submit any other question or feedback that you might have for us, we'd certainly be happy to hear from you either way. That's right. After we're done with this, let us know what more there is to talk about oral sex, maybe. All right. So I think one of the places that there's often um, some hesitation when it comes to oral sex has to do with taste and smell. I I think that's probably the most common objection that we hear uh, is that the the taste or the smell is off-putting for whatever reason. Um, and that's the most common objection that someone uh, might be will, might right. give um, if they're unwilling to give oral sex, uh, and even those receiving oral sex. Right. Some folks are hesitant to receive oral sex because of their self conscious about their own taste or smell. Right. Um, so again, the point of this episode is really to dig into some some very practical advice about that. Yeah. Last week we talked about disgust and what to do when your disgust response is triggered, um, which certainly taste and smell could be a big trigger. Yeah, and there, there are emotional response. ways to deal with that disgust mm-hmm. response, but sometimes the best way to deal with a disgust response is to avoid the trigger. So yeah. if we can mask or address the taste or smell directly, then we never get that trigger. Right. Uh, so that's... Uh, that's one way to simply avoid the the trigger. So some people might find it helpful to employ mouthwash or mints um, for the giver of oral sex. Sometimes just brushing your teeth or using mouthwash prior to giving oral sex can really mask that flavor mm-hmm. of it. Um, mints can serve the same purpose, but I will caution that if you are using mints. Um, Some mints have a good deal of sugar, which could predispose a woman for yeast infection. Yeah. So if you're a a husband mm -hmm. giving oral sex, be careful about the mints that you use. Be sure they're they're not really high in sugar. That could give your wife an unpleasant yeast infection a day or two down the road. That would not make her more inclined to have oral sex. Not a loving gesture. Right. Uh, But some people report that strong mints actually produce a little extra 
tingling sensation. So perhaps you might like to try that out. That's worth uh, consideration. That's right. And another way to help deal with taste and smell would be considering using things like flavored lubes. I mean, there are so many flavored lubricants out there that are all intended to enhance oral sex. Yeah, just go to MarionDance.com. In fact, go to our show notes, click on huh? the link in the show notes uh, with by Mary Dance, and uh, right. you shop at Mary Dance, type in flavored lubes, buy as many as you want. Mm-hmm. But if you shop from the link in our show notes, uh, you'll also be supporting Intimate Covenant, which yeah, we would certainly we appreciate. We would love you for doing that. So that's a good source to, to look for those flavored lubes. And I mean, these can be an, a fun, you know, addition, even if you don't have an aversion sure. to the natural smells and taste of sex. Um, but there's a lot of options out there. Many of them are sugar-free and all natural. Um, but again, caution is always needed when you're adding in a product. Um, just make sure that your spouse isn't sensitive to it. So, Well, and you might not know if they're sensitive to it. So uh, if it's like cinnamon flavored, you might scald them burning. So uh, make sure you chew. Everybody just went, oh. Yeah, like I, I hope they don't have like a jalapeno flavor or something. I'm going to go with but no, but you know. Either way. Use even if wisdom, it's, yeah, please. Uh, you know, even if it's something like, you know, lavender or I don't know, whatever. Be sure that you have tested this prior to business time. Uh, (laughs) Business time. (laughs) Be sure you've tested this. Um, You don't want to test this in the moment. Uh, That would not be the right time to learn that you are sensitive. So so these are... Or that your spouse is sensitive. Or that your spouse is sensitive. (laughs) That's that's not sexy time. Um, But obviously those are ways to kind of mask that taste. Mm -hmm. Um, Will also obviously help mask smells. But, you know... You've got to recognize that there are taste and smells associated yeah. to oral sex. And for some people, those are quite pleasurable and enjoyable. And for others, there is an aversion there. And that's just the way that people are. We're just very right. different about things. Like, I mean, some people actually love asparagus. I don't know. but um, <laughs> Right. And so there, I think it's helpful to understand that, you know, you can acquire a taste for something. But usually that's by starting very small. Right. And so when it comes to oral sex, if, you know, your hangup does have to do with taste and smell, um, you might want to consider spending some time within the general region, mm. kissing within the general region, but without fully engaging. Yeah. Um, that will help kind of build up to just spending more time with your mouth close to your partner's yeah. genitalia right. without actually full full on engaging. Yeah, and I would say that's probably helpful whether you're a hesitant giver or receiver. Yes. Um, if you or your spouse will just spend some time in the area, mm-hmm. that helps get both of you more comfortable with that whole experience. Right. You don't have to s- just start right on be down there for 20 minutes, in, you know. Right. Yeah. This is a way to just expose yourself Mm -hmm. to relaxing into nice (laughs) relaxing into being you know intimate in this way with one another right i mean you you don't have to make this the main event or even the finishing event Right. right i mean just because you offer oral sex doesn't mean that he has to ejaculate in your mouth 
or that she has to climax that way. Right. I mean, someone who desires to have oral sex performed on them is most likely going to be pretty appreciative of any amount of time that you're willing to spend down there. But I think this is important to to kind of pause here and say, if you're the one who is desiring this, recognize that there is value in your spouse just at least experiencing this to some level. Be, be grateful and appreciative for what your spouse is willing and able to offer. Right. The more you criticize, and I know we talked about this just a few episodes ago, but I mean, the more you criticize, the less willing they're going to be to participate. The more you have to, um, you know, Monday morning quarterback and offer tips and techniques, uh, the, the less they're going to be interested in trying to, to engage this activity, especially if they're already hesitant. Right. I I think another place that some hesitancy can come from um, is that for some people, the aversion to oral sex isn't necessarily in the performing or the receiving of oral sex, but rather it's actually in the kissing their partner on the mouth after their partner has given them oral sex. In other words, some people actually have an aversion to what really amounts to tasting themselves. Oh, this is like the uh, oral sex inception. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to go there. <laughs> um, yes, you're, you're right. I mean, it, it's it's not necessarily in this case that oral sex is off the table. Mm-hmm. It just means you have to be careful about how you go about experiencing it, right? You have to right. ha- have some boundaries um, if this is if either of you have this kind of aversion. Right. So you might need to carefully consider what the timing is as far as oral sex and just be careful what you then do afterwards. I mean, if your spouse is uncomfortable with then kissing you after you've given oral sex, then you just need to to know, okay, and for whatever the rest of the time is, until I've washed my mouth, until I've washed my face, whatever it is, they're not going to be okay with that. And then if you really want to get deep with this, um, Dr. David Schnarch, whom I think we've referenced. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know we've referenced a few times. That's a joke. You have. <laughs> um, but uh, he, he has uh, some interesting things to say about this, that this is a known um, you know, psychological issue that is explored in, in these kind of circumstances where... Um, Many of us have this aversion to ourselves, this aversion to our own sexuality. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would say that uh, if you're afraid of tasting or smelling yourself, that it says something about your aversion to your own sexuality or you're, that you may be afraid of your own sexuality or that you uh, are um, have a difficult time confronting your own sexuality. I don't know if I think that's true, but uh, it's an <laughs> We're interesting deep it's on an interesting this conver- level. <laughs> no, but I think it's an interesting conversation. And, yeah, you know, maybe it's a whole other episode. But um, he would ask the question: um, Would you want to make love to yourself? That's how he started a lot of his interviews um, and a lot of his therapy sessions. Would you make love to yourself? Okay, well, I don't know the answer to that, but I will tell you, (laughs) I think if any of this is an aversion for you, it's just a place where you need to be willing to communicate. So instead of saying it's totally off the table, it's totally off, you know, 
even a possibility between the two of us. Instead, how about you communicate with your with your spouse what you are and aren't willing to try and do? Right. So where are you currently drawing the line? Where what is currently off limits, but what are you willing to either allow them to do or try or you're willing to do or try? Um, because having those established boundaries will make the giver have more security and knowing what is expected. Yeah, absolutely. And the receiver is going to help build the giver's confidence by not pressuring for more uh, and by simply offering praise and gratitude. Um, right. And you know, it's a, it's a simple pursuer-responder dynamic here yeah. that the more you are willing to give praise and gratitude and the less criticism that you offer, uh, the more likely it is that your pursuer is going to be willing to engage in this again because it's going to build their confidence every time that they get that positive feedback. Well, and if you're the one who's, you know, pursuing, um, you want your receiver to be safe. Mm -hmm. You want your receiver to have security and be comfortable. And so when the receiver knows that there are boundaries that you're not going to cross that boundary. It just provides for them so much security. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've kind of taken a little bit of a tangent here, but maybe getting back in line with some of these, uh, a good tangent, but yeah. getting back in with um, sort of the, the the taste and smell, maybe sort of closely associated with that is this idea of hygiene. Absolutely. And I, I think this is also a big objection. If it's not mm -hmm. a taste or smell issue, then mm -hmm. it's a... It's a sense of hygiene that it, w that causes folks to be hesitant. And that's true whether you're a receiver or a giver. You can have some hesitancy related to hygiene. Right. And so I think it's important for the receiver or maybe the hopeful receiver to take some time to think about their level of cleanliness. I mean, clean and being clean and tidy in your genital area is obviously much more inviting. Yeah, right. So do practical things like take a shower or bath immediately mm -hmm, before. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, oral sex after a shower is, you know, going to have a whole lot less taste and odors associated Absolutely. with it. There, there's, you know, those, those tastes and odors will build up over time, just mm -hmm. simple time, whether you're doing, you know, any exercise or not. Um, so taking a shower will reduce that in of itself. If you add in the fragrances that, you know, most of our body washes have, that helps to kind of cover that as well. Right. But, you know, oral sex, not only after shower, but oral sex in the shower can help to mask a lot of those right. odors. Um, you'll have all of the humidity from the hot water and even the water itself to um, wash away and mask uh, a lot of those tastes and smells. Well, and just help lower that if you, you know, have some inhibitions regarding hygiene. Um, doing this in the shower, I mean, there's not a cleaner place to do <laughs> yeah, this. Right, exactly. <laughs> as you are yeah. literally cleaning yes, your bodies, exactly. right? Um, so that can be something to help consider. I mean, even just something as simple as using some wet wipes. Yeah, that's before, a quick, quick and easy shortcut that mm -hmm. can um, pretty quickly take care of whatever might be there. And, and that's a, a simple way to address this. Um, another way to help address this is grooming. And we did an episode not that long ago on um, 
you know, grooming, um, genital grooming, mm-hmm. shaving, waxing, cutting, whatever. Right. Uh, because hair can hold in a lot of odor. And so anything that you're doing to help kind of remove some or all of that hair can certainly help. Um, a full waxing or even trimming might make you feel, you know, less disgusted to give or receive oral mm-hmm. sex. Sure, um, sure. It certainly can make it easier to perform if there's less hair in the way. Absolutely. Right. So again, that's, that's so those are ways to just make it more inviting. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're self-conscious as a receiver of oral sex, right. taking the effort to make sure that you are clean and groomed, um, those are all ways to help you feel more confident. Yes. If you know that you've put in the effort of taking care of yourself, um, you know that you look your best, you know that you smell your best, those are ways for you to help feel less self-conscious in receiving oral sex. Right. So now, here we go getting uh, on the deeper level of this, but I think a, a lot of times a hesitancy for receiving oral sex comes from, we talked about this last week, that it is very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes there can be a fear of, I'm not in control. Mm-hmm. So even just doing things like preparing your body beforehand can help give you a sense of, okay, I'm taking care of this. I do have a level of control. And then it can kind of ease that part of you that desires that control. So then that you feel like now I am giving over control to my spouse to to perform oral sex on me. Mm -hmm. So it can kind of calm that part of you that maybe feels the anxiety when it comes to being that vulnerable. Well, I think a, a good analogy here is it's the same reason that you dress up for a job interview. Right. It's mm-hmm. not going to doesn't change your qualifications, but it does help you feel your best and your most confident right. um, in that circumstance. Right. Um, and I think another aspect to consider when we're talking about the, the practicalness of oral sex is just positions like where is your body and where is your spouse's body when it comes to giving oral sex but to I think one this, another? This is an interesting consideration because we. We typically think of sex positions when it comes to intercourse, mm-hmm. but we don't always think about positions or different kinds of positions when we're talking about oral sex. Mm-hmm. Um, but using different positions uh, just on the very simplistic view of it, just using different positions can help overcome some of the physical barriers. If you have some disabilities or pain or whatever it might be, um, using some different positions can make oral sex more easy to perform or to receive uh, right. if you just kind of change things right. up. I mean, you know, we tend to all kind of think missionary style, even with other sex acts besides intercourse. Um, but one partner laying flat on their back while another partner bends over that partner, that's maybe not the most comfortable way to go about this. Right. Uh, so, I mean, there there are some very simple things, even changing things just slightly that can make a big difference um, positionally, and that can add more comfort to the process, but some, some of these changes can add a very different dimension or tone to the experience. Right. Um, you know, the difference in, and it's very similar if we're talking about even intercourse, 
differences in some of these positions just make the whole experience feel different uh, just in the overall tone. Right. So some things that you could do are if you are laying down um, for a wife, consider elevating her hips with pillows. Um, that would make the genital region just more accessible to her husband um, and, you know, helps kind of just boost her hips up a little bit um, so that he can access her in a different way, um, that's going to help alleviate some neck strain Mm -hmm. for him. Absolutely. So yeah, it just gets everything more accessible and um, puts him in a better position to be able to uh, perform for a longer period of time without without pain. Um, You know, another very simple variation of that is, is doing the same kind of thing on the edge of the bed. Mm-hmm. Rather than having the wife or the husband um, laying flat spread eagle on the bed, consider coming and scooting all the way to the edge. And then the giver uh, is either kneeling beside, kneeling on the floor beside the bed, or uh, a similar variation of that would be like on a chair mm-hmm. um, where the, the uh, receiver is seated in a chair and the giver is uh, kneeling, you know, on the floor. Now it's helpful then for the receiver to have some place to put their feet, just mm-hmm. dangling feet for a long period of time. Isn't going to be comfortable. So consider, you know, what are we going to prop the receiver's feet on the sure. footboard of the bed or, you know, a footstool or mm-hmm. something to that mm-hmm. effect. I mean, might take some consideration and some creativity, but you can do that together. You can yeah. be talking about this and working this out together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And so you might also even consider things like the receiver standing and the giver being seated themselves or kneeling. Um, that's a great position for the shower, especially. Sure. Um, you know, so like you were saying, we, we don't often think about how we can change up the positions for other things besides intercourse. Yeah, but there's, again, very simple um, variations that can make a big difference both in the comfort and in the tone of the experience. Um, I I think another really important thing to consider um, with all of this and maybe something we could have even started with is just knowing simple anatomy. Absolutely. Too many of us male men and women just don't know our own or each other's anatomy well enough to know what is even likely to be helpful or that will work right i mean you know you, you need to know what region are is a good place to be placing these kisses like yes. where do you want to kind of hone in on what are the places that you know it's a good place to start and then where do we want to be finishing out yeah well and there's i, I think also book knowledge is great and that's important, and there's great sources for that. So, I mean, we, we would certainly point you towards places like the Ultimate Intimacy app, mm-hmm. um, which has great um, visual aids to help you understand all the parts and pieces of each other's anatomy. And that's a great place to start. It's certainly better than having locker room knowledge, right? I mean, right. or whatever girl sleepover knowledge. Um you, you need actual knowledge of where things are and what they are and what they do. But what's more important than book knowledge, though, is knowing what is right for your spouse. Right. Learning because your to, spouse is not a textbook. Yes. And learning to take 
feedback from your spouse. I mean, learning to listen for those verbal cues, use body language, you know, look in their eyes, position yourself where you can have eye contact through this and be giving each other cues as to what does and doesn't feel back, feel good, um, is extremely helpful. Yeah, because just because you can point to the labia minora on a diagram doesn't mean you know how to stroke, lick, or suck it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in a way that will um, provide the maximum pleasure for your spouse. And to that point, I think not just knowing the anatomy, but knowing what your options are to help provide stimulation there, whether that's with your lips or your tongue or by sucking or kissing or whatever it is, um, There are so many different ways to provide pleasure and different sensations um, for your spouse. And I think we would encourage you to try all of those, right? And understand that you're, you're looking for feedback from your spouse in that moment because not every experience is going to be the same. Just because you did XYZ last time doesn't mean you should do XYZ this time. Mm-hmm. You've got to be willing to be flexible and go with what is helpful in that moment. Well, and take your time. Exactly. This, yeah, good point. You know, I, I think we've talked about this before, but too often we view sex as intercourse, that it has to involve intercourse and end with intercourse, or at the very least, we're ending with an orgasm. But if we will slow down and recognize the beauty and the benefits of just sharing with one another our sexual energy, our sexual time with one another, stop making it so goal-oriented and start making about that place of pleasure that leads to deep connection mm, Yeah, with I think one that, that's a great point. And um, you talk about being goal-oriented. I mean, some, some of us, we, we know how to give our spouses pleasure. We know how to bring them to orgasm. And sometimes we get so focused on doing that, that we sometimes skip all of the good stuff in order to get to the end Mm -hmm. when we should be slowing it down or exploring other ways or finding other pathways to the same ending. Um, Mm -hmm. rather than just, I know this will work every time and I'm going to, you know, do it this way because that, works. Right. Uh, And again, I think it's so important to stop thinking that, you know, oral sex has to have a certain ending. There is great benefit to oral sex just because it is a pleasurable sensation. mm -hmm. It doesn't have to end in orgasm to be successful. Right. Good. Great point. Great point. With all of this, I think it's a really important point to think about feedback. And as a giver and a receiver, we should be offering feedback, mm-hmm. both in the moment, certainly, mm-hmm. not to say that you, I wouldn't advise that you just stop the whole thing and give, you know, three tips to make this better <laughs> or three things you're doing wrong right now. Um, but there are ways to give feedback with eye contact, body positioning, um, vocal, um, even just, well, just nonverbal uh, yeah, cues, redirecting you know. one yeah. another. I mean, there's nothing wrong with reaching your hands down and mm-hmm. helping direct yeah, where all, you want things to be. Exactly. So all, all of that gentle feedback is very helpful in the moment, but mm-hmm. a fuller, deeper conversation at some point 
Um, not that every experience needs a you know thirty minute breakdown and and um, you know post mortem, but um, th- there should be some period of t- sometimes these co- your conversations should focus on oral sex. What are we doing right? What could we improve? How can yes. we make this better? Yes. Um, what are some things? And that can be a a, play, a a little bit of a difficult conversation if you're not used to having that because again. Oral sex is vulnerable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it's going to also feel vulnerable to feel almost like you're being critiqued. But let your guard down and just listen to your spouse saying, thank you for this source of pleasure. Here's what I would love even more. Yeah. You know, that that's a great, your spouse is seeking to connect even deeper yeah, with you. Absolutely. And don't be afraid of that. Because don't be afraid. ultimately, this is a topic that deserves plenty of conversation in your marriage. Yeah. And look, you can blame Matt and Jen for <laughs> making you have this difficult conversation. It's not, this wasn't my idea. So we have to talk about this. That's so right. That's what we're talking about. You can use about. us that way. That's right. Um, because you do need to be talking about this. I mean, if oral sex is something you'd like to try, you're going to have to let your spouse know that. Right. And maybe you've had a conversation about this before and you've been met with a brick wall. Don't be afraid of bringing this mm-hmm. conversation up again. In the right way, but yes. Absolutely. And you're also going to have to be prepared to accept that your spouse may have reasonable objections right. to this. And so listen with some curiosity and listen with some humility. Uh, perhaps it's something that you'd like to put back on the menu. Maybe it's something that you used to do, but now not so much. Stop resenting your spouse for not reading your mind mm-hmm. and have a conversation about right. it. Right. The worst thing you can do is be laying there thinking, if only they would, when you've never even told them. Yeah, right? Or it's been a very long <laughs> yes. time. So, yes, have that conversation. And, you know, even if you're having lots of oral sex and loving it, it's worth having conversations about how to make it more enjoyable when giving or receiving Mm -hmm. it. Just simply, and sometimes it's just about taking that intentional moment to just express your gratitude for a spouse who is willing to be creative in sharing this blessing of each other's sexual pleasure. Absolutely. You know, if your oral sex life is great, thank your spouse for that. Right. Right. Okay. We did two full episodes of oral sex. Did we cover it all? I don't know. You guys let us know. Let us know. Maybe we'll do a third. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you give us our wrap up, Matt? There are plenty of ways to help make oral sex more pleasant and more pleasurable especially for the hesitant spouse. For the giver or receiver, be creative, offer feedback, and be curious about each other's desires and needs. Whether this is something you've never tried or something you do every Tuesday, oral sex is a topic that deserves plenty of conversation in your marriage. Now it's time to grab your spouse and your Bible and head to your kitchen table to have the conversation about what oral sex means in your marriage. How can you learn to be more creative sexually with your beloved, ensuring that you are both seeking pleasure and intimacy with one another? Thanks for subscribing to the podcast. Thanks for rating and sharing the podcast. Thanks for all your encouragement and support. Until next time, keep striving and don't settle. Thank you for listening. If you have something to add, we would invite your feedback, questions, and suggestions via our email, 
podcast at intimatecovenant.com. To submit anonymous questions and feedback, visit our website, intimatecovenant.com backslash podcast. Click on the button, contact the podcast for an anonymous submission form. In addition to this podcast, Intimate Covenant offers group Bible studies, private couples coaching, premarital counseling, weekend seminars, and an annual marriage retreat. We would love to continue the conversation about God's plan for intimate marriage and holy sexuality with you and your friends. If you're interested in bringing us to your church or small group, please contact us, podcast at intimatecovenant.com. May God continue to bless your marriage.